gaze at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. San Francisco 49ers get it done against the Seattle Seahawks and put a major potential nail in the coffin. What a great performance it was from the 49ers. Now, of course, it wasn't perfect. There were things that definitely didn't go their way. Uh, There were some mistakes. Turnover by Brock Purdy, fumble by Brandon Ayuk, right? Mysterious blocks. Uh, on the plays, just weird stuff happened in this game. It's a divisional rivalry game. This is kind of some of those things that happen. But the 49ers, when you look at the numbers, dominated. I just wish it would have reflected even more on the scoreboard than the 12-point victory that the 49ers ended up having. But I'd like to welcome everyone here. How's it going, Joel? Joel says, hashtag TCC. Yeah, fill it up. Uh, TCC, let's go. And what's up to Paul? How's it going? He said, hey, my friend, AT&T, what a blast. I know you mean Ant, Paul. Uh, What a blast to be a Niner fan. It is. Right now is a great time to be a 49er fan. Uh, They're playing and they're firing on all cylinders. Joel says, hopefully we can heal up before next game. Right? Lots of things going on as far as injuries. Uh, One thing we know for sure is that we had guys leave the game. Javon Hargrave dealing with a hamstring. We'll see what that means. Tarverius Ward dealing with a groin. Those are two Big potential injuries for the 49ers. They also had starting uh, Sam linebacker Orrin Burks go out with a knee. Uh, So some question marks there. Now, Matt Mayoko did report that the San Francisco 49ers have signed Jason Verrett to the practice squad. And Verrett will be joining the team and ready for practice next week. So that's good news. More uh, help coming to the outside. They finally get that done. So 49ers not resting, making sure they continue to add players And who knows, it might be time for T.Y. McGill, depending on what's going on at the defensive tackle spot. Brad Joseph, sup, and finally catching the start of the show. Welcome. I know the time is always a little bit interesting for you, Brad, uh, but I'm glad you made it through. And what's up to David Campbell? David Campbell says, Purdy would have been close to 400 yards if Ayuk didn't fumble. It was crazy. Brock Purdy set a career high uh, for yards in the game, 368 yards. It was just a it was an interesting game because it was, it felt even quiet, even though he had the huge explosive to Debo. They had the big explosive explosive to Christian McCaffrey. For whatever reason, when I saw that Brock Purdy had thrown for over 350 yards, I was still surprised. Uh, but he had a very good game. And yes, there were some moments where it was a little slow, a couple uh dangerous passes here and there. But overall, when it came time, he made the big time throws. Debo Samuel deep, George Kittle deep. Like those were just absolutely fantastic. And so I love the way that Brock Purdy navigated through. And what's up to Ryan? Ryan says, let's go. Yeah, big victory. And Brad is chiming in with apparently Verrett is signing with the practice squad this week. That is correct. So if you guys were looking to get you know Jason Verrett back, that's exactly what is happening. And the holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With the up-to-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is available 
and played. From MMA to international soccer, head to Bet Online today. Remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So Brock Purdy's end of the ending line ends up being nineteen of twenty-seven for three hundred and sixty-eight yards, two touchdowns. He has the one interception uh, where he, he led you know Brandon Ayuk a little bit too far inside. We don't know if that's an Ayuk issue, if that's a Brock Purdy issue, I'm sure that'll get ironed out. He did get sacked three times for 14 yards. Interesting, though, his average yards per completion, 13.6, which means his season average is going to go up a little bit. And his rating was 122.1. And I saw this before I came on. This was the seventh time this season that uh, Brock Purdy has had over a 70% completion percentage in a game. And I believe the stat was that Joe Montana was the the best, and he had eight. So Brock Purdy getting in rare air as far as talent goes, and he had an absolutely phenomenal game. Brock Purdy, of course, I'm sure he would love to not have that sort of a a penalty. I mean, I'm sorry, a turnover, uh, but he got it done. And thanks so much, Jay Ellie, for using your membership abilities. Of course, Jay Ellie has been a member of 4 Yards Cutback for 26 months. Uh, it's absolutely spectacular, JL. We thank you so much. So there's another hunt down and another bird bagged onto the cards. Let's go, crew. Always good ant. Big time right there. Uh, JL is right. It's, we're in bird season right now, and the 49ers knew they had a huge test. And most people, including national pundits or even people that follow the 49ers, have been saying, if you could get through Seattle, Philadelphia, and Seattle, wow, your season would just be set in motion. And I think the 49ers have done that as they've set their, their spot now. Now, of course, tonight, Philly versus Dallas. If if Dallas ends up getting that victory, that's going to be absolutely huge for the 49ers. And that'll set them up for their playoff run. But you're right. Bird season is here, and 49ers still got Ravens to handle. And David V, using his membership abilities. Thank you, David V. He's been a member for, member for 27 months. So JLE26, David V27, these guys are are from the beginning. These are OGs right here. It says continue the bird hunt. And you're entirely correct, David V. So thanks so much for being a member. I really appreciate that for sure. And there's a lot of really cool things coming out of this game. And, you know, that's what it's always fun when you get in these rivalry games. And Joel brings this up. Uh, Debo, CMC, Ayuk over 125 yards from scrimmage. Yeah, they were, they were all over making plays. And then even Kittle had over 70 yards and a big touchdown. It's just, I mean, the offense has so many weapons. And Debo, especially over the last two weeks, he's looked like 2021 Debo, maybe even better than 2021 Debo. How do you stop this team with a great Christian McCaffrey, a better Brandon Ayuk, and a twenty, a possibly better 2021 Debo to go with George Kittle and a quarterback that can pull the trigger? Woo, it's getting scary. It's getting scary out there for some teams. Paul says, can you think about Verrett and Charverius Ward as our quarterbacks with our as our cornerbacks with Lenore on the inside? That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's interesting what they're gonna end up doing with Jason Verrett. We know they've been trying to sign him for a few weeks. That has been something they've been interested in doing. I don't know if this has any sort of a signal on what that means uh, at the other cornerback positions, but Darrell Luter Jr. has been dealing with an injury. So they could just decide to put Darrell Luter Jr. on the IR and go with someone like Jason Verrett. Uh, but it does it start to bring up questions. How much is Verrett going to be 
involved as far as playing in the, on the active 53-man roster or being elevated you know, to the 53-man roster in the coming weeks. Is he just insurance in case something happens to Charverius Ward? You need to make sure he's there to come in and play. Or is it something where you can count on Verrett to come in and compete? Uh, I don't know. I don't know for sure. Ambry Thomas, I'll, I'll, I'll keep consistent on this. He hasn't played bad. Uh, I know he got beat by DK, but that was actually pretty decent coverage. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Verrett. I'm curious once this signing becomes official and we hear from John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan about it, if they have any sort of understanding of what you know their role is or if they're going to give us any understanding of what Verrett's role could be within this defense. And Hugo says D-line eating Gregory and Farrell some dogs. How about that, right? Uh, signing and, and Cleveland Farrell in the offseason, he's been playing so good against the run, and he continued that in this game. That's one thing he's done so good. And then you trade for Randy Gregory, and Gregory had some big-time plays in this game. It looks like he's starting to feel comfortable within this 49er system. You throw that in the fact you had Chase Young that knocks that ball uh, out of Locke's hands and just kind of flies up for Fred Warner. Chase Young got the sack on the two-point conversion as well. I know it doesn't count as a sack, but he got home. And you're right, we got some edge defenders that are out there making some plays. And here's something interesting from Brad. I reckon we might see Jordan Willis signed to the practice squad this week with Hargrave's hamstring. So I did go over the practice squad roster uh, once this happened, and the 49ers have three defensive linemen on the practice squad. They have Alex Barrett, uh, they have uh, T.Y. McGill, and then they, oh, man, I just went blank. The guy from North Dakota, uh, Spencer Wagey. There we go. Those are the three guys that they have available. I think T.Y. McGill makes the most sense as a standard elevation. But depending on how long Hargrave is going to be out, you might want to go get another guy that can rotate and make some plays. So a possible free agent signing could be what the 49ers end up trying to do. And we'll see. There's usually guys out there. They could always make a splash move. My guess would be it'd be somebody that could just fill in in a rotational piece um, because Armstead will be back hopefully in a couple weeks. And so then you'll be okay. But yeah, the Hargrave thing is interesting. You never know what's going to happen with the hamstrings and David Campbell says uh, angry birds. I love seeing that. And Ryan brings up a great point. Love seeing the backup show up and show out on D. And you know what? After last week, we had some question marks about Jair Brown and I don't know what it's going to look like play to play, but Jair Brown made some plays for the San Francisco 49ers. That interception, he was playing the deep third and he was able to come in and come over the top and intercept the ball in front of DK Metcalf. I mean, the 49ers could add more turnovers in this game. Tarverius Ward got his hand on a ball and ended up hitting the ground. You had another situation where Diamond Lenore got his hand on the ball and dropped it. Another one, he picked it, but then there was the penalty on Bosa. Uh, so there were opportunities for turnovers. For the most part, the 49ers capitalized on those. But you're right. Guys like Jair Brown, guys like Demetrius Flanagan Fowles stepped up. I don't know how much Flanagan Fowles made an impact in this game, but I do know Javon Kinlaw did. And that's exactly what we need from Kinlaw when you're dealing with interior defensive line problems. And Brad says, and can we just celebrate the third straight year of double-digit regular season wins and four out of five? The 49ers are absolutely rolling. Uh, Kyle Shannon has definitely got this whole ship turned around. They're moving in the right direction. And yes, here you got another situation where you're a Minnesota. I don't know what ended up happening with Minnesota and the Raiders. They were sc scoreless the last time I saw. Uh, but you had... Minnesota loses, you get in the playoffs. Green Bay loses, you get in the playoffs. 
Warriors are about to clinch a playoff spot. It has just been phenomenal from Kyle Shanahan, and that's exactly what we want. Uh, Joel says, are we low-key cheering for the Cowgirls? Yeah, you know what? I am. You know, I, I don't like cheering for the Cowboys, uh, just like I never like cheering for the Seahawks. But if it serves my purpose as a 49er fan, then I'm going to go ahead and do it. So, yes, I'll root for the Cowboys this week. It'll be a one and only type situation that I root for them. And then I will move right back to not ever cheering for them again. But it serves the purpose of the 49ers. So it's exactly what I want to happen. I know some people still can't do it, um, but we'll we'll see. You might have to, just hope. Uh, Joel says, can Verrett play safety? There's always the possibility. And the 49ers have definitely stabilized their safety position. So they brought in Logan Ryan. He's a veteran leader that you need. He's got a lot of his experience playing corner, and he's got a lot of experience playing safety over the last few seasons. So he brought stability to that back end. But then as far as the sec the other safety, they've been elevating Eric Harris. This is the second week that they've done that. They are basically out of elevation. So uh, they could move on from him, or they can add him to the 53-man roster. My guess is they're going to move on from him and go another route. It could be Jason Verrett as a standard elevation, a guy that can help you at corner, potentially help you at safety as well, be a bridge guy. Um, they could also look another way, you know, bring up another young player. They have some guys available for that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Verrett's always a possibility to play anywhere in the secondary. I honestly think he's that talented, and I know he finds the ball really, really well. So I – I like this from uh, from uh, David V. It says, you and me both, brother, because he's saying, they're saying, hey, we want them both to lose. That's what JLE said. They can both lose. I like that from JLE. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you're looking for. You're hoping that you can make you can get for both teams to lose. Uh, but Marvin says, even after Charveris Ward was out, the secondary stood up. And you're right. They could have folded, right? I'm sure the game plan was very consistent. Charverius Ward, one-on-one -on -one with DK Metcalf, but that did not happen because Ward goes down early. Nearly has the interception on the vertical pass or in the first drive, and then pretty soon he's out with a groin. And Ambry Thomas, Diamond Lenore, and the guy that nobody wants to talk about, Isaiah Oliver, stepped in and played well. And Oliver did a pretty good job tackling, which we know he does a good job at, and in run fits. But they didn't really have any times where they took advantage of him in a big way. So bravo to Isaiah Oliver stepping in. Bravo to Ambry Thomas for holding up against DK Metcalf. And Delmer Lenore, we don't have to worry about that guy. Delmer Lenore is an absolute hyena, right? I mean, he got the nickname, and he's out there barking. He's getting at DK Metcalf. He's in his face. There's no backing down for uh, Delmer Lenore. Delmer Lenore is legit. If we didn't need a nickel corner to play on the outside, Delmer Lenore would be one of the best outside corners in the league. It's time for people to start taking notice of what Diomero Lenore is doing because, to me, he's been playing absolutely fantastic this season, and I think it's time to give him his dues. Uh, Thomas, what's up, Thomas, says, um, was third and Jawan used as kind of a decoy when Debo scored the first TD? It looked like the safety went for Jennings on that play. Yeah, I think so. I've seen them doing some interesting things with Jawan that we haven't seen yet. Uh, do some of the motions with him orbiting behind the quarterback. So, yeah, they were using Jawan Jennings to get players to move off their spots, and that's something new. We haven't seen that from Kyle, a new wrinkle. He continues to use every single one of his players strategically to find matchups that he likes, and Jawan Jennings was used a little bit in that area. 
because Jawan Jennings is such a good blocker and because they put him in motion a lot, you just have to be careful. And we've seen it a couple of times. Jawan was even a guy that they could check down to in the flat. So Kyle Shanahan doing something that's against Tennessee that he doesn't normally do. And that makes it difficult for the defense to be able to trigger and figure out what you're doing. So yeah, good pickup Thomas on that. Cause they were definitely, you know, doing some different things with Jawan. David Campbell says Jair Brown was a ball hawk in college too. Yeah. I mean the tendency for Steve Wilkes with Jair Brown out there for the most part has been to put him in the deep third and let him roam. And you've seen the ability to go from the middle of the field all the way to the numbers and outside the numbers and make that interception. Uh, that's some tracking speed right there. So that's a good role for him. It keeps him really safe from having any mistakes. And they were able to do that in this game. And it was just a matter of time. Drew Locke was going to take some shots down the field. He has that much belief in his arm. So when he put the ball in the air, as long as it hangs up you know, long enough, somebody has an opportunity to intercept it. Jair Brown did a great job. He was also tackling good in this football game. So excited to see Jair Brown making the step up. And the Vikings won three to zero, according to Brad. What a what a game, man. That's ouch. That's really, really bad. And Joel says, and then cheer for the Seahawks next week. Right? They got that Monday night matchup. That could be tough. That could be really tough to have to turn around and root for the Seahawks. So what's up to Josh? How's it going? Welcome to chat. What's up, Mr. Corey? Mr. Corey's in the house. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I like this from Marvin. Hate the Cowboys. I'm just going to close my eyes and hold my nose. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes you just have to just grit it out and let something happen. Uh, David says, Seahawks got some payback in the double fake screen and tied in down the middle. You're right. As soon as I saw it happen, I was watching the game with Warren and my dad. And, and Warren, me and Warren right away were like, oh, man, they beat us with our own play. And the funny thing is, is right, Greg Olson and the announcing team, they have no clue. I mean, they literally, 49ers ran this last year with Brock Purdy on Thursday night football and scored a touchdown on the throw to George Kittle. But this play has been a staple in the 49ers offense since the 1980s, right? They ran this to the Super Bowl in 1984 with Russ Francis. This is something the 49ers have ran from time to time. The fact that they're like, this is a brilliant play. They acted like they'd never seen it before. It was kind of interesting. I know the Seahawks, that they showed the offensive coordinator. They were definitely getting a little bit of a kick out of the fact they beat the 49, or not beat them, but beat them on that play with that exact throw. So, yeah, that was a little interesting to me. I couldn't believe they pulled that off. Uh, bravo to them for getting it done. It worked. Uh, savor the flavor because it won't happen again. That's what I say. And that's exactly, you know, a, a play that you don't want to allow to happen. But you tip your cap sometimes. And what's up to Bobo? Bobo with the $2 super chat. Thanks so much, Bobo. Says, what is it with Kyle and his poor clock management? My guess is you're talking about the end of the half. There was a lot of people that were really uh, not happy with the way he handled the end of the half. I was surprised as well. I thought for sure once they got the penalty on Drew Locke that they were going to go ahead. That was a loss of down and a half the distance to the goal. They were going to go ahead and start using their timeouts. I figured they'd probably use a timeout. Uh, to prevent the 10-second runoff or at least stop the clock once the runoff started. And then I thought they were just going to try to stop them and get the ball back and see if they could get a field goal, which is what Kyle has done pretty much all season. So I don't know exactly why. I don't know if maybe he thought they were out of sorts on offense and he wanted to have more of a conversation at halftime 
where he could kind of fix the offense a little bit or, or what it was, but for whatever reason, he started, he decided to play extremely conservative there. And I thought that was interesting because that's not the normal, normal Kyle uh, that we've seen, you know, that much this year. So, um, you know, it's something that definitely I'm interested in seeing where the 49ers go with this uh, because to me, it was, it was interesting. I want to hear what Kyle has to say about it uh, because you know what? Kyle is the one that makes the final call. We could all criticize, but we don't know the exact parameters why. But yeah, I, I definitely found that a little interesting. Mrs. Corey says, Ant, what do you make of Chase Young not starting this game? It's been standard. They haven't been starting Chase Young. They've been starting Cleveland Farrell. Then they've been working Chase Young in. I think they have a way that they want to go about this. They want to make sure they keep Chase Young fresh. They want to make sure down the stretch he's able to rush the passer. And it worked today. Got his hand on the ball. Drew Locke throws the interception. So, yes, I think that they know what they're doing. They, it's not about who starts, but it's about the rotation and how they finish. And let's be honest, Cleveland Farrell has been the one of the 49ers' best defensive ends, if not the best defensive end against the run. And so starting off early in the game with the thought process that we need to stop the run isn't exactly a bad idea. What's up, WTM? Uh, WTM says, Coach Ant, are you proud of rookie safety Jair Brown? Yeah, from what I saw, you know, I mean, I saw him make some plays, so those things I'm happy about. I like that he's going out there and making plays. I want to see what play-in and play-out look like when we get to the L22 film. But, yeah, I think so. I think it's nice to be, you know, happy with what Jair Brown is doing on the field. He's definitely going out there and competing. And what's up to Niner Faithful Podcast? How's it going? It says another Sunday, another 49er victory. Thanks for coming through. If anyone hasn't checked out the channel, go check out Niner Faithful Podcast. Appreciate them coming through. And Adam and Rose said, yeah, why not call a timeout to get the ball back before the half? I think that is probably you know something that Kyle's going to have to answer. Of course, it doesn't mean a lot now that they won, uh, but it was a little curious. And, you know, Anthony says this perfectly. Like what Steve Wilkes says, it's about matchups. And you're right. It is about matchups. If you can find matchups that work in your favor, you're going to be successful. And right now, Kyle Shannon has a plethora of matchups on offense that go in his favor. When I do the matchups the 49ers can exploit, there's like five every single week of matchups they can exploit. And normally you go into it and you're like, okay, I have an advantage in these two areas. Not with the 49ers. The 49ers, it's significant every single week because they present so many matchup problems. And then on defense, the 49ers have found ways to get the matchups that they want and kind of you know uh, figure out how to beat some of these blue chip players from the opposing team. So it was... You know, it was, it's just been great from Steve Wilkes. He's been fantastic. Uh, Ryan says, Ant, do you think Debo should have been ejected? It seems like back-to-back -back weeks of really weak calls leading to ejections. The initial contact, I don't think so. It looked like he pushed him in the shoulder. Of course, the referees always want to limit it. They want to make players not want to engage in any sort of physical altercation that doesn't happen, you know, using their shoulder pads within the, the time of the actual play. But that normally wouldn't garner an ejection. My guess is... When they get back into a scrum later on, when there's like the whole team there, it looked like Demo came in and maybe uh, threw an open hand or something to Jake Bobo. And I think that might have been what got him the actual ejection. I'm sure New York kind of saw him get back involved and do that. Bobo's helmet kind of rocked a little bit. And I think that's what ends up getting him the, the ejection. But, uh, you know, this is what the referees do usually to calm things down, eject one from each team. Everyone feels like, okay, it's at least even. And then you just move on. It's just unfortunate that it was Diamond Lenore in that situation because you know, if we'd had to play uh, defense again, 
we were a little uh, light on the cornerback position. But other than that, it was no significance. Neither one of these guys will be uh, suspended. They'll just be fine. So at least it's different than college where you get kicked out for like targeting and things. You miss part of the next game. Not in this case, but it was interesting. I, I thought it was definitely interesting that they ejected him. And JLE was asking, uh, called correctly, thinking they saw two jumping all over and had to call something. I think it's the second part to Bobo. I really do. I think Jake Bobo is the one. Um, yeah, Brad Brad says Kyle already said in the press conference he was annoyed with himself. Yeah, I mean, Kyle has been – let's give props to Kyle. I think this year he's been more aggressive than we've seen him, and maybe we can attribute that to the fact that he has McCaffrey or more so that he has Brock Purdy and he has ultimate confidence that Brock Purdy's just going to make the right decision in the right play. But he has been more aggressive. That's why I think it caught everyone off guard because this was more like the Kyle Shanahan we got in 2021 and 2019 where he was just afraid of mistakes. Let my defense go out there and play. I'm afraid of making mistakes. Uh, that would be my guess, but you're right. I mean, I think he would be annoyed with that situation because you got to go out there and get it done and, and do a really good job. And, you know, Bobo says, because we had him pinned inside the five with three timeouts. I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think so as well. Um, and Rick says, Rick Diaz says, shout out to all the faithful. How about those San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing good right now. It's a good time to be a 49er fan. And JLE says, like those bombs being dropped, but Purdy and his arm is too weak. Crazy. It's all about timing. It's all about getting the ball to the proper place. Yeah, he might not be able to throw the ball 60 yards in the air. So what? Don't have to. Remember who else used to have a, a, a weak arm? Wasn't it Joe Montana that had a weak arm? Just didn't quite have the velocity on the deep pass. Yet he threw one of the best deep balls I've ever seen. He used to just right in, fly in there and hit 80 in the hands. Yeah, so I, I, I've heard this before. Now, this is a different situation. Montana's a different player than Brock Purdy, but... Yeah, Brock Purdy's looked pretty good. I've I've been excited with him. The deep pass, that vertical passing game has been phenomenal, right? And that was one of the big things that people said when Trey Lance got traded to Dallas was that the loss of the vertical passing game, right, meant no possibility for guys like Danny Gray or vertical threats. Yeah, we see Ayuk with a vertical pass, uh, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and that's just in the game today. 49ers are willing to take shots, and Brock Purdy has now put defenses on notice. You better co cover every single blade of grass from the line of scrimmage to 45 yards downfield and all the way to the sidelines. That's a lot of space for them to have to cover. Fantastic for the San Francisco 49ers. And that's what the Brock effect gives you. Exactly, uh, you know, what it has to do. And Bobo says, I immediately go to the Seahawks live postgame shows to hear the excuses. It's my guilty pleasure. I like that thought process of just seeing Bobo sitting there, just eating the popcorn, just enjoying, you know, the excuses. These referees cheated us. Oh, that is freaking hilarious. I, I love that. <laughs> that was, that's, that's so good. This, of course, I think Kyle didn't view Seattle as a serious threat, explains into the half. I think he didn't see their offense as a serious threat. I think he believes that they had, yeah, some of the plays, but that this defense was going to be able to lock them down. For the most part, the defense did pretty good. It seemed like once Seattle had a couple of big runs, uh, then they were able to get something done, especially that second drive of the game, where they or not second drive, the second score of the game, where they kind of had Charbonnet busting some big runs. Uh, and then later it was Kenneth Walker making his spectacular play. That's the dangerous part with Kenneth Walker. 
is the guy's just explosive and he's just dangerous. He breaks tackles. He's an exciting player. If he wasn't a Seahawk, I'd really enjoy watching him play. Uh, but he's a Seahawk, so I can't possibly like watching him play. But he makes things happen out of nothing. And that was the one thing with Drew Locke, right? Like if Geno Smith would have played, I'm pretty sure the score would have even been worse. But with with uh, when it comes to Drew Locke, he just takes chances. He's a wild card. That throw he made to uh, DK Metcalf, there's no way Geno Smith is even throwing that ball. Absolutely no way that's happening. What's up, Steve-O Supremo? Says, let's get it. Yeah, it was. that's exactly what happened in that game. And um, Adam and Rose says, how many yards, uh, rushing yards did we hold them to in the second half? It had to have been low. You know what? I'm not sure. Uh, I do have their, you know, their stats for rushing yards. Overall, they had 70 yards on the ground total. You feel like they had so much more, but they only had 70 on the ground total. Uh, Zach Charbonnet had four, uh, 44 yards on nine carries. Kenneth Walker had eight for 21. So the 49ers held them below their season average. 49ers normally give up 79 yards per game on the ground. They held them to 70, and that's including Drew Locke chiming in with five. You look at the other side, the 49ers, had over 103 yards more than the Seattle Seahawks rushing. 49ers had 173 yards on the ground. Of course, Christian McCaffrey, 145, 72 on the first play of the game. He had a 9.1 average. Jordan Mason chimed in with four for 20. Great five-yard average. He did good sealing that game. Uh, of course, Debo had the one-yard touchdown run. Uh, I like the reward, right? I mean, Debo almost got in. I like that Kyle called a play for Debo. And you had Christian McCaffrey smashing his helmet out there before the play, deking them, making them think that's where it was going to go. But, I mean, you had 173 yards on the ground, and you had a 368 yards through the air, 527 yards uh, of total offense. I mean, that was, that was really, really good stuff for the 49ers. They actually lost the time of possession by – uh, by one minute. Uh, so, you know, Seahawks did one in that category. Turnovers are even two each, an even game. The 49ers are just too talented. But yeah, I mean, the rushing attack for Seattle, you expected a lot more. It just didn't really get there. Uh, so they've got to get better at that. And David Campbell says Warner took a cheap shot at Metcalf, too. He did. He went after him. And, you know, DK Metcalf uh, did what he's going to do. And that's exactly what once Fred did it. You know, after that, he kind of kept his cool. Uh, but yeah, they were getting in. They were getting in their head. And you know, this is uh, Judo Dono. Uh, I hope I said it right. Said um, Metcalf started it with the body slam. Metcalf was definitely salty. Anyone that watched that, I mean, Metcalf was frustrated, like a really bad frustrated. He was frustrated for a long time. Like basically, two minutes into the third quarter, that dude was frustrated. Uh, Adam and Rose bell fell during the fake punt. What a BS call total game changer. And what a G Mitch Wisnowski is right to go ahead and run that fake. I mean, he had the first down and that was absolutely spectacular play by Mitch Wisnowski. And yes, they thought that Ronnie bell blocked low. Of course, anytime it's on the Seattle Seahawks sideline, they're all yelling about the legal block. My guess is referee never saw it. He just looked and saw the player tumbling over Ronnie bell but you could see there's a big spot there where that didn't happen. And yeah, that could have been a huge, a huge play that would have ended up uh, changing that game for sure. And we got Jaley saying Metcalf attempted a belly to back suplex. Well, there you go. I mean, I, I'm, sh I, I, uh, Bailey wouldn't have liked that, right? She's a huge 49ers fan. 
Um, oh, and then look, Bobo brings up Brady was a short pass guy too. Brady had some Brady had some deep plays down the field though. He really did. Um, Marvin says Purdy hit Debo on the run. He did not have to break stride. Purdy, Purdy, Purdy had yeah some some throws, man. I mean, this dude could do it in in the pocket, out of the pocket. And uh, Mr. Corey says, "Did you say Danny Gray? Who's he?" What's interesting is I thought that Danny Gray had a chance to come back. Now they signed Chris Conley to the active fifty-three man roster and put uh, Ray Ray McLeod on the IR. But I really thought that this was Danny Gray's shot. I don't think Danny Gray's coming back now, uh, not this season. And so, yeah. And let's see. Uh, Mr. Corey says, "Shout out to Kinlaw the past two games. Kinlaw." All over it. I don't. I don't know if he ends up getting a sack. I, I don't know if anyone saw if he ended up getting rewarded for any sort of a sack. Uh, yes, they gave Kinlaw half a sack, and Bosa has one and a half. So we'll see if that stands up. They change those sometimes during the week. But yeah, Kinlaw getting involved, making plays. He also had a huge tackle for loss on a second down play and forced a four yard loss. Ended up for, having a third and long. But the 49ers had Bosa with one and a half, Kinlaw with a half sack. And Ray, Randy Gregory with a big sack. Cleveland Farrell came up like a half yard short of having a sack. So they weren't able to pester Drew Locke as much as they pestered Geno Smith in Seattle, where they sacked him six times. Uh, but they still did a pretty good job. And Jaley says predictions for tonight's game. I'm curious what everyone else is putting in the chat. Um, I think that I think the Cowboys are going to win a close game. I think this one's going to be tough. Uh, but I'm gonna. I think there's gonna be some scoring in this game. I think the four. I think the. I almost said 49ers win, but the 49ers will win. Right if the Cowboys win, I think Cowboys win 30 to 27. That's what I think. I think that it's a tight, tough game, uh, but they end up winning. And what's up to my guy Randy Daytona? Hashtag TCC. What's up, Randy? Welcome to the chat. Yeah, it's it's awesome um, to have these guys. And Jay Hill says, "Pump the ball, Mitch." I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Mr. Corey says Metcalf gave Warner a Scott Steiner suplex. Yeah, he, he was out there throwing him. He was out there throwing him. Uh, what was Danny Gray's injury again? I believe it was a it was a shoulder sprain, right? Wasn't it a shoulder sprain? I believe. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a PCL sprain. Uh Ryan says beginning of the game with a backup quarterback gave me Raider game vibes from last year, but this team is just way too talented. And Purdy is even better than last year. He's way better than last year. Yeah, going through the progressions, making the proper reads, the timing on the throws, getting the team in and out of plays. Uh, it, it's really good. And even when he gets the, the play call in with a short clock, a lot of times they still get the playoff, which is kudos to him because that used to be a real problem uh, for Kyle Shanahan with Jimmy Garoppolo and others. Uh, but he does a very good job here. And Mr. Corey thinks it's going to be Cowboys 31. Eagles 28. I, I hope so. I really do. I hope that's the case. I hope the, the Cowboys get the big win. Uh, that was That's exactly what we need. And, I mean, when you're looking at the receivers, you had Debo going off for a second straight week, seven catches for 149 yards and a touchdown through the air. He had a touchdown on the ground as well. The 54-yard bomb, right? Jamal Adams, a play before, comes up ugh, on Debo. Well, Debo catches it short and he gets tackled. He's flexing on him. Next play, Debo's in the end zone for a touchdown. Woo! You sure you want to talk that trash? Yeah, and it, you ain't going to be talking trash on no reporter's wife this time. Now you got to deal with Debo. Oh, Jamal Adams. It's cool, bro. It's a cool play. 
Ayuk, uh, six catches, 126 yards. He had a 21-yard average. That's ridiculous. A 45-yard long for him. Uh, George Kittle had three catches for 76 yards, a 25.3-yard average. So your three top receivers are over 21 yards. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the average yards per catch for the receivers in this game, 19.4. 19.4. Charlie Warner had a catch. Hey, Zach Ertz, that could be you. Don't, don't be left out. Don't be left out. Join this team right now while you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. So if you're even thinking about it, come on over and do it because it's time to get it done. This team is all hands on deck. They're going for the big chance, the big title. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. Um, and JLE says this right here, that Adams fell Far, far from Pro Bowl status, yeah, it, he's he's way back. So we've been saying this for a couple years now. He's he looks like a defensive end. Let's just be honest. Jamal Adams plays like a linebacker, like a defensive end around the box. When he does that, he's great. He's a great box safety. But when you have to put him out in coverage, he's an absolute liability. I mean, that's just the way it is. And uh, I mean, what else are you gonna say about it? Uh, Ryan says Jair Brown got the Puka shells for the game, second INT in four games. Had six tackles, five solo, and a pick. Dude is a baller. Yeah, he is. He is a baller. And you know what? That's exactly what the 49ers go out and get. That's why you trade up to get Jair Brown, because you know you're getting an absolute baller. And that's what you need. You need guys that can step in there. You're right. His numbers are very good. I'll tell you what else is good. Isaiah Oliver stepped in. It wasn't expected to get this kind of playing time. Had seven tackles and five solo tackles. If you're going to step in and you're going to be a backup, that's the kind of plays that you have to make. And I'll tell you what's crazy is just seeing Christian McCaffrey had a tackle in this game. Uh, he could just do it all, right? Christian McCaffrey can run it, he can catch it, and he can tack or and he can tackle. That's crazy to think. Uh, but yeah, I mean the, the 49ers are going to have some decisions. We'll see what happens with Oren Burks. I'm hoping it's nothing significant because, to be honest, I don't really want Demetrius Flanagan Fowles playing that many snaps. We'll see what they decide to do. Could it be D. Winters? Uh, could it be Jalen Graham? He was active today. So there are some question marks. I'm hoping none of these injuries end up being a problem. Brad says, can we give my Aussie brother our punter for that run if Bell doesn't slip over? Yeah, I mean, he did, that was a great move by Wisnowski. I was, I'll give him mad props. Wisnowski has been phenomenal this year. Absolutely phenomenal. Punting has been great. He's been doing everything right. Yeah, he's Mitch Wisnowski's killing it right now. He's he should be a Pro Bowl punter, and that's you know there's nothing even to say about. It. I mean, he's just freaking great. And uh, David Campbell says Bosa's cooking now. He has pushed through the lack of training camp, hundred percent. He's full fledged, full go. He's all about it right now. And so yeah, he's he's comfortable. He's healthy, and so I think that he's going to be just fine. And this is going to be an interesting one, JLE. 49ers versus Arizona Cardinals coming up. And Cardinals are a different team now that Kyler Murray's back. They've been playing a little bit better. Uh, they're a little bit more dangerous with the running quarterback. Like I always say, though, and I'm going to talk about it this week, you're one negative play from getting off the field because Kyler Murray goes backwards when he gets sacked. He loses the most yardage out of any quarterback in the league. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Brad Joseph's Burks returned to the game for special teams, I think. They were just being cautious, not putting him out on defense. That's good news. Really good news. Uh, Gio says, 
Bell slipped. I was pissed at him, but after I saw it, I couldn't help it. Yeah, after you see it, you see their space. He didn't actually help hit him and his foot. Then it was a then it was an overreaction. But I get it. I mean, when I saw it happen live, I thought he hit him low too. So I think the initial reaction is fine. I think most people just realize, you know, that that's uh, something you can't have happen right there. So, uh, guys, I'd like to thank you all for coming through. I really appreciate you all coming through the show and and checking it out. Um, just like always, please like and subscribe to the channel. I'm going to check out. I want to watch the Sunday night game. I know you all do too. This episode of Four Yards Cutback was brought to you by uh, Bet Online, where the game starts. But until next time, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.